0: December 18th based on the schedule and the different holidays and the snow day last week and uh, fun service today at 9 o'clock. We had a great confirmation class, our first confirmation class today at 10 o'clock and we have a great group. I'm excited about them. Uh, They're a fun group. It's going to be fun uh, this spring. Um, Your bulletin is going to be off in a couple of places because it was the bulletin for last week and when we didn't have worship for last week we said why don't we save paper, we'll save ink and we'll use the bulletin from last week. We'll skip our scriptures and themes and music for today, and next week we'll be back in a normal rhythm. So if you donated flowers, if you gave a memorial, you'll see those reflected in next week's bulletin to make sure that it's accurate. Um, We have an opportunity today for pictures. If you miss the opportunity for the directory, uh, Adam will be in the back of the sanctuary directly following worship, and if you'd like to take a picture uh, for the directory, uh, he'll be there to do that. Um, The podcast is back. um, As we took a break over Christmas, it was great, but it's great to be back as well. Uh, I work with Kristen Dollar, the pastor at Faith United Methodist right down the road, and Brad Gray is uh, one of my dear friends in ministry at St. Andrews in Charleston. Each of us are doing the exact same scripture, the exact same themes, and so the podcast is designed specifically for our three churches. It's not hard to listen to. It's every bit as easy as to watch one of our videos online. Uh, You go to sundayscripturepodcast.com, and um, you'll hear what's coming up on Sunday so that you have a jump on that. And if you miss a Sunday, uh, you will have heard uh, a a great deal of the themes that are coming. Uh, So I'll turn uh, it over to Aaron
1: good morning I'm Erin Knight director of children and family ministries and I have just a few announcements about our children um, first there will be no uh, Sunday night programming tonight it's a holiday tomorrow and we follow the Greenville County school schedule so enjoy your time with family tonight and the holiday tomorrow and we'll resume next week from 5 to six thirty as usual uh, also um, wanted to mention that the children have um, they have spoken they have told me what they care about when it comes to mission and one of their top three uh, passions is animals they want to help animals and so we're going to be doing a drive for the Greenville Humane Society uh, there was an email link uh, to the wish list but there is a wish list that they will share on their website or, or the email I sent of um, all the items they need on a regular basis Clorox spray cat litter distilled water etc different things that the animals need so we'll be Collecting those in the straight room over in the Family Life Center um, from now to the end of January and on January 29th Megan Spade was kind enough to offer to bring her dog Brownie for a visit and the kids are ecstatic about that. Um, That night we'll also make posters that will um, be of a specific dog or cat that needs adoption not a cat or kitten we figure they can hold their own but we're gonna draw pictures from the website of dogs and cats that need a good home and I'll deliver those the next morning and um, post them at the Green Humane Society so we'll be doing a little a little publicity for them as well as delivering all your donations so uh, thank you for those in advance and um, that'll conclude the announcements.
0: The regular children and youth programming, as Aaron said, is not happening, but um, Reverend Fred Parker's class is uh, tonight, correct? Uh, We'll be in the social hall. If you've uh, signed up and have your book, if you want to be a guest and come, you're welcome to come at 6 o'clock in the social hall. Uh, Please stand and join us for our first hymn, number 103. Let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified and buried, the third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father. From thence you shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life of your life. Amen. Please be seated.
2: The first scripture reading today is from the book of Isaiah chapter 42, verses one through nine. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations This is what God, the Lord, says, the creator of the heavens, who stretched them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people, and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open the eyes that are blind, to free captains from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place And new things I declare. Before they spring into action, I'm sorry, before they spring into being, I announce them to you. This is the word of God for the people of God.
0: God. Let us pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for this wonderful morning in which we may gather together in your name, proclaiming our faith in you through the reading of the text and the proclamation, through our prayers for one another, through our songs, through our sharing of our stories in the pew. Bless our fellowship today that we may recognize your presence amongst us, your goals for us, your dreams for our church and for this community for this year. Give us guidance and blessing as we break open your text and try to understand your will for our lives. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done It's now time for our tithes and other offerings. Um, If you have not taken the chance to pass the register down, if you'll sign the register, and if you're a guest today, if you want to give us any contact information, uh, we will try to contact you in that way in the coming week. And if you would like to give online or text to give, you'll see instructions in the bulletin on how to do so. Please be seated. We're going to turn to a different page number than is noted, to a different gospel using the same story. Page 1647 in your pew Bible is John chapter 1, starting with verse 29. 1647, or within a couple pages of that, if your Bible is different. Thanks be to God. You can keep these open if you'd like to read along. So as I said just before, a different version of the same story. It's not rare, but it's not uh, frequent that all four Gospels tell a story. You'll see two do it quite frequently. You'll see three do it quite frequently. In fact, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very similar. Um, When I was in seminary, the suggestion was that Mark was first, that it was primarily about the details of what happened, and that Matthew and Luke built off of Mark and really elaborated on it to uh, fill it out and connect it to the law, connect it to um, what was going on in their life, connect it to um, what God wanted, not simply what happened, and then John is Uh, in many cases tell similar stories, but in entirely different ways. It's more about theology, it's more about the spirit of what happened than exactly what happened detail by detail. So all four Gospels tell this story, which speaks to its significance. But as I said, Matthew focuses more on the law, the Old Testament. And connecting the two so that people who believed in that, who had that faith system, are told, this is a continuation of what you have believed. Not a rebellion from what you have believed. Mark, as I said, simply tells facts. This is what happened. And then this is what happened. You know, there's people when you want to just hear the exact details and no fluff. uh, Mark is your person. And when he says, John, uh, Jesus was baptized and the dove came down, and then the next story happens right after that. Matthew, uh, Luke, it says in the very beginning, an orderly account. Not only am I going to tell you the stories, I'm going to connect them to the past, I'm going to include the story of Jesus' infancy, and I'm also going to write a sequel in Acts that continues the story, and the two will be deeply connected. John is all of human history, the very beginning of his gospel says, and in the beginning, just like Genesis does. But it'll also go all the way to the end of the gospel in the first chapter. You know those people that tell you what happened at the end of the movie? John is that person. All over the storyline, on purpose, to connect it all theologically and in human history. So you think about three people that you're around all the time that you have many shared experiences with. You tell many of the same stories when you gather and one of those people tells the story in just a different way and if you can't think of a person in your group that does that you might be the person in your group that does that just a slightly different way that people uh, are engaged in hearing it so John is doing that and it's kind of convoluted because the gospel of John is describing John the Baptist who's describing seeing the baptism of Jesus. Y'all with me? Y'all in there? Okay. So let's look at verse 32. Then John, that is John the Baptist, gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on Him. And I myself did not know Him. But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. So this is a question I want you to ask yourselves, what story do you tell others? You are consistently telling a story in your responses to your family, to your co-workers, to your neighbors, to your fellow church members, to your community, to people on social media, my goodness, Every time you respond, you are telling a greater part of your story, some version of it. And this might be among the serious questions that I ask you, because think how you respond to people. Think what your general go-to answer is on a number of different subjects. Think how you respond to people when you are deeply upset. How do you respond to people when you are deeply sad? How do you respond to people when you're overjoyed with what's going on in your life or the church? How do the stories that you tell describe your faith in God? Describe your faith in yourself that God has given you an opportunity and a purpose to do something special. Do your stories reflect that? If I asked you around the Thanksgiving dinner table. If I asked you around the Christmas tree. If I asked you around a trip down the interstate going somewhere special, wherever you're going. Do they describe your belief in God? Do they describe your belief in others? Do they describe your belief in yourself? Because people are listening. It'd Also be interesting to hear your assessment of your story. And if I ask the people you normally talk to. What is this person's typical story in life? John the Baptist is excited about what he's seen. And though the words, John is my, one of my least favorite books to read in public because it's so hard to read. It's so hard to hang in there and say the exact thing that was written. This, this is a section from the first section. A man comes after me who has surpassed me because he was before me. Y'all know what that means? That is, the author of the Gospel of John, describing John the Baptist's enthusiasm about Jesus of Nazareth, a human, being the human uh, embodiment of Christ who preexisted us all. Christ, part of the Trinity, who was there at the beginning. That's why he says, in the beginning, the Word was with God, the Word was God, And so he's saying to people, imagine Jesus telling one of those simple parables and them struggling with it. And leading off, John's saying, there's the guy that preceded us all who's coming after me, who's before me, who's greater than me. What do you think people thought of that? It's complicated. But boiling it down, what John is saying is, there's somebody exciting here and I'm going to tell you about it. You might have been following me. In fact, it uses the word disciples of John but I'm not the one you're supposed to be following. I'm simply the instrument to get you there. That's exciting stuff for a human being to be that way. Look at verse 35. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went out and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Fascinating to me when they include the time. And how that time is connected to the other times that they include the time. Our stories describe what we want. The stories that you tell other people have a deep root of what you were hoping for, what you hope for in this life, what you hope for individually, what you hope for from this church, what you hope for in your career. And John's story is doing exactly that. If you think about, um, in terms of these disciples going to Jesus, they were disciples of John, and now Jesus is here, and John's saying, that's the guy you want to follow. You know many times in human history, a person has had a group following them and said, nope, I'm not the one. This is the one right here. <laughs> Throughout the Bible, there's powerful people who see a religious person coming and they're freaked out by him because people might listen to them and they abuse them verbally or physically or much, much worse than that. John says, I'm not the God, this is your God and if you've watched samurai movies if you've watched Star Wars movies if you've watched stuff like Karate Kid you've seen a young person who is raw talent and no mental ability chasing down a person a mentor who is burned out and doesn't want to teach anybody else based on what's happened in their life and they approach the mentor and what do they say I want to learn What does the mentor say? He says, I'm not teaching anybody. Sometimes because of the last student they had. Sometimes because they're tired. Sometimes because nobody listened. And what do they say? No, 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 no. I'll listen. Jesus asks them a question that any one of those mentors would ask a future mentee. He asks a question that you get asked when you walk into Best Buy. He asked a question, if you walked in a gym today and spoke to a trainer, what that trainer would say. What's the question? What do you want? And that really gets down to it, doesn't it? Typically, we want something, and there's generally, that that thing might be on the surface. But it's part of a greater thing that we want. We might want love, we might want inclusion, we might want authority, we might want to be significant, we might want money, whatever. He says, what do y'all want? What'd they say? Where are you staying? They didn't give an answer. Now, Jesus will, throughout the Gospels, barely ever give them an answer. But generally, Jesus' questions to their question is trying to take them to a deeper place. Just like this question is. But notice they don't answer. They may not have any idea what they want except for something different. Verse 40. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard that... (laughs) See? Gospel of John. Let me get in there. Andrew, Simon's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which, when translated, is Peter. The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, and finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. So the question you've got to ask yourself is how how might people react to your story? If it's a negative one, they may not ask you again for an answer to anything. If it's all about you, they may not ask you again about any sort of question. If it's about something that's truly meaningful to you, that's way beyond you, you have no idea how that might impact them. One of the top five most significant Christians on this earth, Peter, came to Jesus because somebody went to him and said, what? We found someone. We found someone, and I'm willing to risk following them, and I invite you to come too. How complicated is that? I'm going to share something exciting that I feel About my God with you. So how many of y'all have seen me wear the memorial jacket that I got as a basketball coach? I wear it all the time. You know why? One, because it's a strong look. Right? I love charcoal. Everything I love is black or charcoal. Two, people will quite frequently say, what is that? They've never seen a church jacket that looks like a sports jacket. Like, not sports jacket. You know what I'm saying. You know. What is that? It's a memorial jacket. What's memorial? It's the church. I'm the pastor. Oh, where is that? Or, I know where that is. I went to the preschool there. Whatever that might be. It's an opportunity that I have to share something with them. Very rarely am I not going to be wearing that jacket for that very reason. What are you excited about? What do you want to share? And how might your story impact someone else and influence them to do something significant? So I'll close with a quote from my favorite um, commentator on Scripture, David Lose. He said about this text, Evangelism is nothing but noticing what God is doing in our lives, sharing that with others, and inviting them to come and see for themselves. not hard at all it's not browbeating them it's not saying if you don't come you know what's going to happen right you know what's down there right he said evangelism isn't saying what are you stupid come to church what are you lazy come to church he's saying evangelism is knowing something special about our god knowing how god has called me Sharing that special thing with those people. And they could potentially come and learn about God themselves. Simon Peter himself did that very thing because someone invited him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand and join me as you're able for hymn number 98, To God Be the Glory.